No Junk Mail presents The Trading Post, narrated by the author, James R. Von Felt. Chapter 18, Days 14 through 17. The morning light first appeared as a streak under the dark blue clouds to the east. Everything was calm, quiet, and under control. The forest was still pitch dark, but on the beach we could see the light beginning to grow on the horizon as we looked down the lake. We couldn't tell yet, but by mid-morning the rain would be starting again. We began our morning routine. We had to build up the cook fire for the medical treatments and for breakfast. Daryl, Alex, and Jake were treated, and we had to eat. We ate twice a day and snacked a bit when we rested off and on throughout the day. We were eating bigger meals now. We had found a stream that produced crawdads and fish every day, and Looney caught fish in the lake. Weeds, leaves, bark, roots, and berries were plentiful, and we had a large deer carcass to carve meat off of. We boiled the meat for variety and had broth, too. We dried strips of meat for the boat trip. The only job that required no work was guarding the prisoners. Guard duty during the day was done by one person at a time now. The guard had a pistol and the long-handled broom to swat the prisoner's face if he got out of hand. At night, we still had two-hour watches, and two people stood watch, which included guarding the prisoners. We had all agreed that if the prisoners got loose, we'd shoot them right then and there. Nobody had any qualms about that. We let them listen to us discuss this to make sure they knew what we would do. As far as the work during the day went, aside from gathering food, we all shared every job. We rotated chores every four hours or so. To build the two rafts, we needed logs, paddles, and rope. We had kept most of the logs from our first raft. They were more than enough for the small raft. However, we had to scout for the logs we needed to make a bigger and better main raft. We had the manpower to carry bigger logs to the beach now. We also made lots of paddles. We had salvaged two of the raft paddles from our trip, but needed eight more in case some fell apart. We cut saplings that had a Y for paddles and made them stronger this time. In addition, we needed a lot of rope. We had the anchor rope and backpack rope, but we had to make both rafts and tie them better this time. We also needed rope to link the rafts and rowboat, and that was going to take a lot of bark strip rope. Weaving the bark strip rope was the slowest work. But again, we had more workers. We made the bark strip rope of narrower and longer strips. Long hair showed us that the narrower, three-braided rope was stronger. And we could make knots with it that would not come undone. That's exactly what we needed for the rafts. And, as I said, we needed lots of it. The rope-making process also took longer, because this time we insisted on stretching and drying the bark strip rope before we used it. That would make it stronger. We had to cut a lot of small trees down to make the bark strip rope and paddles. I don't know what we would have done without the sword. 
I suppose we could have done a lot of the work with long hair, brave, and Inu's knives, but we probably could not have cut the bigger trees. We spent two and a half days getting everything ready, including food to eat while we were on the lake. The time seemed to fly by. We were having fun, too, except for the guard duty and the verbal abuse Jake and Sam laid on us when they could. We had a bear incident one night, but no other intruders. A medium-sized black bear was nosing around the deer carcass, which was a hundred feet away from camp. The bear may have smelled the garbage from the dinners, too, mostly bones and fish. We had a garbage dump about 500 feet away, but wildlife can smell things from a long way off. We heard the bear long before it came close to camp and had all three pistols ready if we needed them. However, it didn't come close. The highlight of that evening was when Enu tried to lure the bear over to the camp to meet Jake and Sam. They went bonkers, which actually scared the bear away. I think they thought Enu was serious about feeding them to the bear. Another night, we caught Jake trying to get out of his ropes. He had almost worn through the rope when Billy spotted him working at it. Longhair showed us how to use some of the bark strip rope together with the other rope to keep him from fraying it. The bark strip rope was hard, and its edges were kind of sharp. The more Jake worked against it, the more it cut into his wrists. After a while, he quit trying. The guards sat a little further away from the prisoners after that incident. We were done early in the afternoon of the third day. All the preparation was done and had been tested more than once. We ended up doubling the amounts of rope between the rafts and the rowboat to make sure nobody would break loose and drift away. We also kept loading people and furs on the big raft to see if it was large enough and stable enough. We had to keep enlarging the raft till it floated high off the water. Since we had a little free time, we made headbands like Billy's out of our cougar skins. Billy had never taken his off. Later that evening, we stood on the beach admiring our work in a light mist. All we had left was to wait for a favorable wind. The wind had been blowing fairly strong from the south for the past three days. We needed wind from the north to push us across the lake. The weather changed that night, and the north wind brought cooler air. We could feel it coming, so we got extra logs for the fire to give us a little more heat. We were warm enough huddled together in the lean-tos. Whoever was guarding on each watch used deerskin as cloaks. We also gave Jake and Sam furs to cover up with. The next morning was cool and cloudy, and it was threatening to rain. The wind was light and in our favor, blowing to the south. This is what we'd been waiting for. When you're in the forest, you can't judge the speed of the wind. The treetops sway and you can hear the wind, but you can't judge how fast it's blowing. You have to get into the open to see it and feel its power. You can see the wind on the surface of the water and on the edge of the trees close to the shore. When we looked out onto the lake, we could see small waves and some whitecaps. That meant that we would have small waves hitting the raft and boat, and that we were probably going to get wet and cold. 
We didn't think the waves would get too big, but couldn't tell for sure. Our new raft rode higher in the water, and it would give us a smoother ride this time, even if the waves got high and rough. We were anxious to go. Daryl, Alex, and Jake had their treatments. We ate and did the last-minute preparations, cleaning up the camp and getting ready to go. We made sure there was a big pile of wood stored for next time the Indians came to camp. A big raft was the heaviest and took most of the effort to get it into the water. We had to load and tie down Longhair's medicine bag, Billy's backpack that had been filled with food, the furs, extra paddles, spears, rifle, and sword. We tied the rifle to the furs and put the spears on one side of the pile and the paddles on the other. We moved the raft deeper into the water as we added weight, but held it so it wouldn't drift off. The rowboat was going to be the lead boat, so it was positioned on the beach to our right. We put the money box under the middle seat. The rest of the rowboat stayed empty, except for the oars. The little raft was going to be last, so it lay to our left on the beach. There wasn't anything on that raft except tie-downs we made to hold Jake and Sam. We left the small raft on the edge of the beach so we could load the prisoners without getting in the water. When the rafts and boats were all lined up, the last thing we did was tie them together with the heaviest rope we had made. We pulled and tied and wrapped and pulled and tied some more, making sure the ropes would hold. There was going to be about ten feet of space between each vessel. We saved loading the prisoners for last. We figured we were going to have trouble no matter how we loaded them. The closer we were to leaving, the more Jake acted up. The previous day, he had been threatening us, and for a while he tried to kick or hit us with his bound fists. Brave cured that by not allowing him to eat. That calmed Jake down for a bit, but this morning he was getting wild again. We decided to take Sam to the raft first. He surprised us by calmly walking to the raft, lying down on it, and letting us tie him down. The raft had tie-downs for the prisoners' feet, middle, and hands. We weren't taking any chance with these two. When it came time to take Jake to the raft, he started fussing even more. He was not going to go easily. Jake was big, and he easily could have knocked down one of us on our own. So we were all involved in getting him to the raft, because with all of us, we could hold him down if we needed to. We had made a stretcher for Jake, and we wrestled him round till we got him on it and tied him to it. Four of us carried the stretcher to the prisoner raft, and then we tied the stretcher onto the raft. We pushed the prisoner raft till it was floating in the lake. Then we loaded the big raft, and since we had practiced this, we got it done in a jiffy. Alex sat on top of the furs and helped hold everything down. He could grab the ropes that lashed everything to the raft if the ride got wild. He also was to watch over the backpack, because we didn't want our food to get lost overboard. Just in case, we also had dried strips of deer meat, roots, and weeds in our pockets to munch on. Then Philip and Daryl took the front positions on the raft. They both had pistols so they could deal with Jake and Sam if they had to. Once Billy and Looney were on the back of the raft, we pushed it into the water. 
As the two rafts slowly floated out from shore, Looney said, Which vegetable can't you take on a boat? Joining in the fun, Billy replied, I don't know. Leeks, said Looney. We laughed. It wasn't that funny, but the timing and circumstances made it all the better. For once, we didn't make fun of his joke. Long hair, brave, and Enu just looked confused. Looney tried to explain. Get it? We don't want the boat to leak, so we don't want any leaks on board. But something was lost in the translation. Long hair, brave, and Enu continued to look confused. So Looney gave up. We laughed at the confusion, too. We pushed the rowboat into the water, then climbed in. I sat way up front. Brave was at the back. Longhair and Inu sat in the rowing seat. It was a great feeling to be on our way. We were all excited and anxious to get to the trading post. I could see it in everybody's eyes. Brave had told us this was going to be a hard, all-day trip, and we're ready to get going. We drifted for a while, moving slowly at first. The rowboat drifted faster than the big raft, so it started to ramp around the big raft. We got the oars out and rowed west, which pulled the two rafts into a line. Longhair told us it would be easier to row west when we're close to the north shore, so we rowed hard, following the shore for as long as we could. We rowed and rowed, all of us. Even Daryl took turns with the paddle on the big raft, but the wind was causing us to drift out into the lake. When Longhair and Brave got tired of rowing, Enu and I changed places with them, gave them a rest. Enu had to ease up a bit to match my strength, so the rowboat would go straight. I got blisters on my hands right away. We all did, but nobody complained. When we got tired, we traded places again. We were making good headway west, but we had drifted out into the lake and were being hit by small waves. The wind picked up, and the waves soon became whitecaps. As the waves got bigger, we began to heave a little. We kept rowing westward, even though we were drifting south and being rocked by the waves. The waves swayed the rowboat and splashed over the rafts, especially the prisoner raft. We were all getting wet and it was getting colder. Although the boys were doing some paddling from the main raft, the rowboat was doing most of the pulling, and it was wearing us out. After two hours or so, Philip and Looney exchanged places with Enu and me. Philip gave Alex his pistol to guard Jake and Sam on the raft. Everybody but Daryl and Alex took their turns rowing, so even though they stayed in the rowboat, Long hair and brave got a chance to rest. Every time we stopped to change rowers, Jake and Sam let loose with more cursing and yelling. The big raft was working out good. It was a lot bigger than the previous raft we had and much more stable. Even though the waves were hitting us, we're not being tossed around like before. We could even walk around and change places, but we still had to hold on. The wind kept blowing, the clouds darkened, and it started to rain. This was not a fun trip. Every once in a while, a flash of lightning lit up the sky, and the thunder rolled. But this was nothing like the storm that had taken us north across the lake. And besides, it was still daylight. 
Once we lost sight of the shore, we couldn't tell if we were making headway or not. We knew that if we kept the three crafts in a straight line, we must be making some headway west as we crossed the lake. Sometimes a wave pushed the prisoner raft around a bit south of the big raft. That made us row harder to straighten it out again. According to Brave's dead reckoning, we're going the right way and should end up close to the trading post. We ate when we could, but the waves were too rough to go over to the other raft to feed Jake and Sam. They were not happy about that. They complained about being hungry a lot. But we didn't feel sorry for them because we were doing all the work. The clouds were getting darker and more threatening by the hour. It seemed like the darker it got, the more tired we got. Right before nightfall, it rained hard. Hour after hour, we kept on rowing. We couldn't see anything except for the waves crashing on the rafts and rowboat. A gigantic bolt of lightning hit to our right and behind us. In that instance, we saw trees, a shore, and possibly some buildings in the distance behind us. It was for only an instant. Then everything went black again, and the thunder clapped and rolled. We had all seen it. The trading post was behind us and not far away. We yelled through the rain and waves, Look, there it is! There it is! Story continued on chapter 19.